Listen up. All Crick is revolutionizing the way you follow the game. Get ready for the fastest live scores, the widest cricket coverage, and the most accurate match predictions. Don't settle for anything less than the best. Download All Crick now and elevate your cricket experience to new heights. Check out allcrick.com for more details. Namaste Jai Hind you're watching or listening to another edition of the ANI podcast with Smita Prakash thank you for liking for subscribing and sharing these conversations with people who you think will benefit from listening to them my guests today are siblings amish and bhavna whose books have sold millions of copies the books are lessons on dharma the indian epics amish's Shiva trilogy and Ramachandra series there are must to read their fictional characterizations of heroes of Hindu epics written in a simple language amish's books are appealing to people of all age groups the tripathi siblings have written on sanatan dharma being valid for all times their latest book idols has presented varied interpretations of myths and legends associated with idols in a unique style of conversation between a family joining me in this conversation is my colleague ishan prakash so let's get chatting with the tripathi siblings Uh, thank you so much for being part of the podcast uh, ishan and i were just discussing you know before you guys came and i have not interviewed an author whose 6 7 8 books we have read between us <laughs> so uh, we absolutely fantastic yes we read like for maybe us, yeah. a one or two or something like that so absolute honor we devour your books as soon as they hit the stands um and uh, you know what i liked about the latest one i urge uh, all my viewers and listeners do buy this book uh, it's very easy read um, anybody from like 15 to 16 i would say age group to right up till your mom's dad's mm-hmm. grandparents buy it for them for christmas um, and uh, for the new years it's a good chutti read which you can read it's I called i second of you bye bye <laughs> <laughs> needless to say i thought it <laughs> idols are nothing yes <laughs> understood absolutely there was no dissent over here absolutely so, you know we decided to have this setting because uh, that's the kind of format uh, that Uh, you've uh, used in the book which Ishan and I mm. initially you know we were like aisa wala format uh, padhne mein thoda sa mm. simplistic lag raha hai you mm. know it's mm. uh, i i wanted to be either fiction mm. or uh, a play mm. or non fiction mm. you know how it is mm. like yeah. uh, when you break the mold mm. uh, it takes a it takes a chapter or two Uh, to figure out why mm. this format yeah. so firstly uh, let's begin with that about this uh, which why you call network of ideas woven mm. in multiple conversations why this format why this format you know i think the best way to see it mm. it's not breaking a mold it's recreating a mold that we've forgotten that's all um the modern conception mm. of a non fiction book and a fiction book uh actually comes from the west uh which uh, you know didi and i were discussing rightly comes from aristotle just so cute uh, he calls you didi of course yeah, of course she is no we Eight completely years. buy into no, no. Uh, into hierarchy yeah. <laughs> no 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 this i'm older no you should always know who's younger who's elder <laughs> okay. but aristotle and hmm. his uh, views but it's also uh, the abrahamic conception of truths and untruths that there is one truth hmm. and the others hmm. are false so you'll notice uh, western non fiction books tend to be from that perspective the entire the entire point of a non fiction book here's the hypothesis 
and my job is to convince you of this hypothesis and why others are nonsense mm. which is not the way it was in ancient india you see our upanishads yeah. there always a dialogue yeah right yes. uh, contradictions ex- exactly mm. because there are multiple points of view even the bhagavad gita is in effect a dialogue yes. right it's yeah. not just a mm. pravachan by lord krishna because arjun has the right to ask questions yes uh, it was so in ancient uh, times in the west as well see the socratic dialogues uh, platonic uh, which were written by plato but mm. there were always conversations what is the idea behind this you have multiple points of view and the author does not say that this is the truth you better believe it otherwise you're going to burn in hell mm. no this, we present different points of view then you think about it and work out what works best for you mm. right of those philosophies this was the way it used to be in ancient times because we never believed in these binaries you know good evil black white uh because the real world is complex yeah uh, so actually both dharma and idols we've written it with this perspective with multiple points of view what it also does is not just that it actually makes it easier to understand as well because it's not a textbook you read the socratic dialogues which are far more complex than m- many modern western non fiction books but you'll get it mm. you know because it's written in the form of dialogues it mm. has conversation it just becomes its natural to us that's how we actually communicate right yeah. right, right uh so that was the idea so that's this. what you say uh, in that it, i'll just read out this is how i do my uh <laughs> uh interviews uh, with authors i have it Madam all flagged Smita, we know so, that <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to read out so that because you know it it also uh, encourages people to understand that that's how i do it and that's mm. how it it really uh, i go back to books mm. uh, i don't read i read it at one go mm. but then i go back to books mm. because mm. sometimes there's a conflict going on in your mind which could be work related conflict mm. it mm. could be personal conflict mm. and i say yaar us time maine wo amish ki kitab padhi thi usme ek cheez thi now how do i go back to it <laughs> so i flag my books so uh, i know it looks like i have vandalized the book but that's not the case you know but, that's the way our dad read yeah really okay mm. so mm. uh i would our family everyone reads a lot okay oh. uh and uh, we would know that dad didn't need bookmarks because he used to make notes notes mm. okay he would underline he would put yeah, comments mm. and then wherever the notes have stopped that's where he stopped right yeah. so whenever you know and we uh, give books to each other as well so i would only give books to dad once i had read it because <laughs> <laughs> it would be readable in the education system <laughs> yeah exam ki padhai mein exam ki padhai so if i may, Sorry, if I may add Sorry. to this uh, you know my father passed away in hmm. 2021 hmm. and he just went uh he told uh, a staff member that uh, you know he's uh, going to sleep uh for a bit and uh, within 5 minutes he was gone uh when my brothers anish and ashish reached uh uh they found a book open beside him uh, siddharth mukherjee's the gene page 292 underlined underlined wow because that's when he stopped bhavna you faced a loss uh your husband and your father round about the same time um how does that impact on you when you sit down to write because you've written this book just coming out of a, a phase of grief and even in the foreword that you have written uh, you the word grief comes in quite often and the conversations in the book are also hospital mm. those kind of things how does that work in the creative process so um i'll make it more fundamental 
uh, I lost my husband in 2018, May 2018, and uh, I was lost. I was beyond uh, drowning in grief. I had uh, lost the will to live. Um, I had uh, sunk into uh, the depths of uh, a very dark uh, uh, depression. Uh, the COVID shutdown happened in uh, March 2020, and uh, a month later. Uh, Amish called me up. Uh, he was in London at the time because uh, he knew intuitively that uh, you know uh, she's drowning and now she's you know just trapped at home and uh, she'll be completely lost. And he uh, called me up and said, uh, "Didi, you remember those projects we were working on? Uh, because we had begun working on uh, the idea uh, was to bring a philosophy front end." and keep uh, the storylining uh, back end but that was uh, his genius which came later we had uh, worked on a manuscript uh, of ideas uh, that uh, actually have spread over dharma and uh, idols uh, but then my husband fell ill in 2016 and that was forgotten he called me up in uh, april 2020 and said uh, didi you remember that project let's mm. start working on it and uh, i understand uh, that was a lifeline he uh, threw at me um yeah. uh, i uh, desperately needed that lifeline um i was drowning and uh, i began working uh, on uh, the project i worked uh, I, i worked 12 to 14 hours a day because uh, it was uh, it was my means of uh, just uh staying you know keeping my head above uh, the waters and uh, as it has worked out uh, smita i know he has brought me back to life because wow. uh, um you know one i suppose works uh, lives for two reasons um, one is happiness and the other is uh, purpose and uh, he's regifted me uh, my purpose for living amazing uh. <laughs> amazing just going on that only this very touching story i mean the way the book starts you there's a family which is rushing into the opd into the emergency room and then you know the facets of hinduism mm. and the esoteric aspects of hinduism with the socratic dialogues involved mm. in it as well they talk about it and then it heads towards i don't want to give any spoilers here but mm. the family then enjoying pizza mm. gulab jamun and they're talking about the various idols and all so how did this format work you know how who brought the hinduism who brought the greek element to it and then the family aspect towards it as well so i will just yeah. share one thing that uh, the hospital uh, yeah. peaches and pearl is uh, i am sharing this for the first time <laughs> uh this hospital peaches and pearl is um, based on a hospital in pune called oyster and pearl uh where uh, my husband and i went once every 15 days hmm. uh for his treatment yeah. and room 909 hmm. is the room we occupied it seemed very personal even it comes out in the book as well uh, absolutely yeah. part of it was uh, and uh, our family went through a very difficult uh, yeah. 7 8 years it happens for our viewers and listeners um those who don't know uh 
Bhavna's husband was the super cop, uh, Himanshu Roy. Uh, we'll dig out our uh, file footage that we have of Mr. Roy. Um, he was suffering from cancer, but that left a deep impact uh, on uh, on you and on your brothers, on your two other brothers, who are promoters of a lab that has come up with a test named after your uh, late husband, and it's called the HRC test. Himanshu Roy cancer test. The Himanshu Roy cancer test. So, uh, great loss to the family, but humanity has has learned from that and is benefiting from that because of this test uh, that your brothers, uh, your siblings, two other brothers have come up with. Uh, our dad was a scientist. Uh, so he and uh, Ashish had started a company. Uh, it was uh, in the space of nanotechnology and, and creating medicines for uh, diabetes cure and cancer cure. When uh, what happened with Manshuda was discovered because it recurred with him after some... 16 years, which is not ordinary. Normally, uh, if it doesn't recur within 10 years, doctors say, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're out of it. And we, you know, he was doing PET scans, they were doing that for 10 years. And after that, uh, so uh, dad and Ashi changed the direction of the company, wanted to work on, on, on cancer. Uh, and uh, cancer, the thing with it is it's a... Uh, uh, if you catch it early, it's a very weak disease. Right. It can be beaten very easily. The problem is it's usually caught late. It's stage 3, stage 4. Uh, and uh, uh, by which time it becomes mm. very late. Yes. Uh, in Manshuda's case, when it was caught on him, I mean, normally a man doesn't survive beyond if you have more than maybe 5, 10, 15 tumors. Manshuda had 150 tumors uh, in him. And he was built like a bull. So right. he. He fought it for two and a half years. So, what uh, they discovered was uh, a blood test, uh, which you can do once a year, uh, which uh, tells you that uh, I, I'm Ashish and Anishta, of course, know it a lot better. Anishta also joined, hmm. and uh, which one so is now, your twin? Ashish is my twin brother. Anish Dada is six years elder. Didi is the eldest, eight years elder, hmm. uh, and. Uh, so, Ashish and Anishta run the company. So, with this blood test, essentially, uh, uh, you can be told that the mutation to cause cancer has happened, which means tumor formation is imminent in the next five, right. six months. So, you catch it very early. Or it will tell you that you don't have cancer right now and you have no chance of tumor formation for the next one year. So, the vision is if we, and it's just a blood test. No invasive procedure because the PET scan itself is dangerous, by the way. Mm. Many don't, the PET scan itself can actually end up triggering so what Mr. Roy had Answer. told uh, his brother-in-law was that, look, I have it and uh, it it's a complicated process for cure. Like uh, cure in the sense it's treatment. So, so what happens mm -hmm. with... Uh, what happens people? to ordinary people? And, and Imarshuda, yeah, he told Ashish, they said, one of the most poignant things, there was, you know... Uh, what will you know? Each chemotherapy thing, which was regular, was costing some two, two and a half lakhs. How, do you, how does a common man yeah. afford it? But if you catch it early... It's very easy to cure. So that's what, that's why the labs that's are working. That's what the wow. labs have started. We've just launched a service uh, in Mumbai. Yeah. Uh, there's an NHS trial going on. We're going to release it internationally. And it's called the Himanshu Roy uh, Cancer Test. That, wow. it, the company is called Epigenris. Ashish and Anish. The, uh, yeah. And yeah, we've had, you know, Himanshu, the dad... Uh, Many others. It was a difficult seven, eight years. Also, the book yeah. reflects that, which you were talking I, about. Yeah, I that. wanted to ask about that. Yeah. Because in the book, there is, um, I think, Anirban. 
mm. is the person who's questioning mm. all the time mm. he is the one sort of mm. asking that you know th- there's a flaw in your sort of ideas of mm. hinduism or your yeah. idea of <laughs> idol worship mm. however the abrahamic faith say this, this yeah. and then the dialogue you bring in yeah. so i mean again reflective yeah. in the family uh actually the anirban character came from another place and i let didi answer that but i'll tell you what these co- because many of these conversations what helped us through those 7 8 mm. years uh was of course we are a very uh, we are a very strong family mm-hmm. uh and ultimately look uh, yeah everyone suffers grief that's, yeah that's a f- then that's a that's one of the fundamental philosophies of the dharmic ways of gautam buddha it said the yes. first of his four noble truths grief is the fundamental reality of life accept it uh yeah. accept it yeah uh, and if you have a strong family bond you can get through it mm. uh but what also helped us uh are the philosophies you know that that we grew up with the philosophies of the dharmic uh, religions and many of these conversations you know would be stuff that we would discuss in your home within the family <laughs> we grew up we grew up with yeah. this but then perhaps if you can explain anirban anirban uh, so i'll uh, the character uh, uh, backtrack a bit to uh, what i had referred to earlier uh, so i had created this uh, uh, manuscript. basic manuscript of mm. ideas and uh, i love to say uh, uh, that amish and i uh, in our creative partnership uh, are a bit of a yin and yang uh, i'm yin and uh, amish is yang i'm feminine he's masculine uh, what do i mean by that uh, i'm a person of ideas and these ideas uh, in my head uh, you know can spill all over the place mm-hmm. uh, amish brings in uh, the structure the mm-hmm. order uh, in its most basic aspect uh, at the end of those 3 uh, 4 months when i sent uh, uh, an initial uh, manuscript to him he uh, called me up and very gently said that didi this is a little academic uh, it's textbookish uh, can we do something differently So I said Amish I'm at a loss for ideas what should we do he said you leave it to me and he created the conversations mm. uh from that basic uh, manuscript of uh, ideas he created this wonderful family uh, that was in the first book uh, dharm uh, dharmraj lopamutra the old uh, couple yeah. their daughter gargi and the son in law nachiket the names are uh, not casual Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not so, Gopal and yeah, you know no, that no, kind of names. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're from the Upanishads, mm. and uh, Dharm was uh, a discussion uh, among you know the the, the four basic uh, characters. What happened with the idols, though? He, he also did something else. When I sent him the initial manuscript, he sifted the manuscript into <laughs> what went into Dharm and what would later go into idols. uh when it came to idols i began the work first on the manuscript and uh, i did my basic work and sent it to our editors mm. and uh, you know um lucky are the authors who are blessed with the extremely harsh editors uh and the initial editorial pushback was humongous to say the least it was huge it was also very uh, explicit it wasn't verbally kind i was appalled uh, books are to authors what children are to parents and uh, i was completely uh, appalled i didn't know what to do uh, almost uh, you know at the at the initial germinating stage of every new idea there was a strong pushback 
I sent the manuscript to uh, Amish and he said, uh, and again, the Amish magic. He said, Didi, what I suggest is let's create another character. Mm. And what we will do is put these words of the editor uh, verbatim into the... Uh, the skeptic. Yeah, the skeptic. Mm -hmm. And thus was born uh, Anirban. And then let's answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that. When we completed the Anirban story creation of Anirban the skeptic, and his words are the words of the editors. Wow! <laughs> and Ooh, uh, and interesting. <laughs> and uh, when we did that, then uh, Amish said, "The uh, I do think uh, the basic family is. I mean, they are the foundational characters. Anirban has fleshed out wonderfully. We need one other character uh, who will be a foil to Anirban, and thus was born." Uh, uh, Dr. Adarsh. Uh, let's discuss the book. Uh, for, oh, yeah, there's one question I have to ask you. I mean, the, my, before we get into the book, um, I always read, you know, uh, dedications uh, in the beginning because it gives me a little insight. Uh, so, um, Amisha's, of course, because I've read so many of his books, so that I know. Yours I found very cute, uh, in which you dedicated to your sisters-in-law. Now, that is a new one, like in the sense that I've rarely read authors who dedicate other than their children, uh, maybe to a guru or somebody like that. But it's so sweet. I'm going to read it out to my sisters-in-law, Meeta, Donetta and Shivani, my friends, my confidants, my sweetest ring fence, my strongest support, my sisters beyond the bounds of law. For you are more than in-laws. You bring joy to my brothers, a steadiness to their lives and solidity to my world, my family, my three goddesses. What a lovely, lovely thing to write. I will cherish you till the day I die. <laughs> These family bonds, see, it's, it's easy, may I say, to, or maybe it has its flip side, to bond with, uh, with people you're born into. But when somebody comes into the family to share your sibling and to have that kind of that that connect with your sisters in law and uh, to see that it it increases the scope of your creative process as well as your family. That's a wonderful dedication. One of them is sitting in the back room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shivani. Hi, Shivani. <laughs> Hi, Shivani. <laughs> You're supposed to say, hey, Shivani. Right? <laughs> 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 love you, Shivani. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Shivani. <laughs> uh, Shivani uh, is, uh, I mean, Amish and my uh, uh, pillar. Pillar. Hmm? And uh, that dedication comes uh, completely from the heart. Uh, my brothers are indeed my world. When it comes to the men in my life, I have been rarely, very in a rare and very special manner, blessed. Mm. Uh, my father, my uh, husband, my three brothers, mm. my nephews, um, uh, you know, exemplary uh, men. Yeah. Uh, as for my brothers... Uh, their spouses are fundamental to their, uh, uh, you know, their good life. And uh, all three struck gold. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, so the question, let's get to the book now. In which, uh, you know, you since the book is about idols, so let's begin with that. Yeah. So there's one place where Nachiket says, uh, an idol worshipper is open-minded and humble when it comes to religion. Uh, if we are willing to worship anything, even a stone, then we shouldn't have a problem with those who worship differently. Mm. So this brings in... 
टू यू नो इन द इंट्रोडक्शन वे यू से वेर द बुक केम इन फ्रॉम वेन वेन यू वर टॉकिंग अबाउट दिस पर्सन हु यू नो वाई वेन या वेन दिस जर्नलिस्ट अगेन आई एम गोइंग टू कोट इंडियन जर्नलिस्ट पब्लिशर ऑफ अ फैशन मैगजीन पब्लिकली रोट दैट द कोट डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ आइडोलेट्री इज a good, good fight, fight. To you fight won't there. name the journalist or no. the tweet or I'm, whatever i'm a polite guy acha come on okay. it's lo- look at the arguments rather yeah. than the individual <laughs> so so here we are going to come as to the germination of the idea was from a uh, uh, from this hmm. comment by a journalist who said that destruction of idolatry yeah. that ironically that journalist also called uh, himself an environmentalist hmm. uh you know but uh, actually idol worshipers are natural environmentalists because right. nature is not a resource to be exploited it's a goddess to be worshiped hmm. uh, in our way um look there's this tide of history over hmm. 2000 years uh where um idol worshiping cultures across the world were wiped out um they didn't die they were wiped out they hmm. were killed pagans uh, yeah ho- what are called pagans hmm. today and uh, uh, most of them are museum pieces now india is among the last surviving ones japan shintoism hmm. china to some extent mesopotamia uh, and they are all wiped out yeah egyptian yeah. Uh, mayan you can yeah, mayan all wiped, wiped out. out you can yeah. we can go to the pantheon and we as hindu idol worshipers will feel sad at that place but the italians themselves don't feel sad yeah. their memory has been uh, you know overwritten uh there was a control all delete it was mm. reformatted yeah. right mm. yeah and over these centuries uh people with complete clear moral certainty uh just went around massacring tens of millions hundreds of millions of people simply because they worshiped idols right N- no other crime mm. uh as such uh among the worst crimes in history are actually done by those who have this moral certainty whereas in Fates the dhar- of the book you mean where you're stuck in binaries mm. right uh no it's a characteristic of even i would say atheism in the west i was in uh, the oxford union debate recently mm. where we were discussing uh, the subject of god is a delusion uh, western atheists are in a way frankly a reaction to the abrahamic religions that they rebelled against um uh, but at that debate the way Uh, those western atheists were speaking about christianity and jesus christ i'm not a christian but i was feeling uncomfortable offended yeah and you have every right to question but there are some words that should not be used you know like we say in hindi shabdon ki maryada you know you question but yeah talking about god you're talking about a religion have some manner some politeness right um and when people get too comfortable with binaries good evil black white that's when many of these uh crimes happen uh at a fundamental philosophical uh, level the difference between mm-hmm. idol rejecting and idol worshiping is idol rejecting says the uh, cultures say that the divine is a uh, a singular ma- very specifically male god mm. who exists outside of the universe and the universe itself is profane a product of original guilt right which is why they exploit nature animals everything because these are all profane right idol worshiping at the fundamental philosophical level where it's different is yes there is a divine outside but the universe itself is also divine 
The earth is divine. The rivers, trees. That's why we are natural environmentalists. You and I are divine. That's what Namaste means. I bow to the divine within you. When you see everything as divine, you naturally become intuitively liberal. You naturally ex- accept mm. other points of uh, view, even though you'll stubbornly say, "I'm going to hold on to my point of view." But you have every right to follow yours. That's cool, right? Don't force your way on me. I'll not force my way on you. This yeah. is one of the things that has actually been forgotten over the last two thousand years. We need to revive it. It'll be good for the world, hmm. frankly. So you're saying this this idol worship, idols, is the conclusion of this sort of Sanatani way of thought. It's, it's epigenetics of, in a way, right? It's one of the parts of it. Yeah. See, because uh, it's not that we did only idol worshiping. We had atheists in our way of hmm. life. We had uh, uh, which is you know, also nature worshippers yeah. in our way of life, and the entire concept is essentially we see the divine in everything, and you don't even have to believe in a creator god. You can be an atheist. Charvaks, Mevamsa, Sankhyas—they didn't believe in a creator god, hmm. uh, but you essentially uh, follow the law of cause and effect, karma, dharma. That you that is karma. yeah that is, and even the gods are subject to the law of yes. cause and effect. At the end of the Mahabharat. They condemn uh, each other. They curse yes. each other. Absolutely. Lord Krishna yeah. is cursed by a human being, by Ma yes. Gandhari. Yes. And he doesn't say, how dare you, this blasphemy. He, he accepts it. He accepts it as you command, Mother. Mm. Uh, because even the gods are subject to the law of cause and effect. When you sat down to uh, you know, write the book, the manuscript, and you said that the, the it sort of flowed as well from the collective sort of readings, teachings, how you grew up, your family... Sort of, that's why I used the word epigenetics earlier. Sort of uh, an unlearned history mm. of uh, of our culture, of our family roots, in a way, Sanatan Dharm. Yes. How much of that was poured into this book? Um, in an Indrajal kind of uh, sense, completely. Um, we have, and uh, in an Indrajal kind of sense. It's not just Amish and I. I think every Indian is born epigenetically yeah. with, uh, you know, this uh, story. All Indians, not just Hindus. Um, it is said that no Hindu, uh, no Indian listens to the Ramayana for the first time. Uh, we are born uh, knowing these stories. Mm, coupled with which, there was um, a f- passion for reading. Uh, you know, it is said that uh, children don't... Um, do what their parents tell them to do. Mm. They do what their parents do. Uh, we learn through imitation. My parents were avid readers. And uh, in my case, my mother said that, you know, my daughter was born holding a book in her hands. Uh, they're my constant companions. We, all of us, uh, read a great deal. We uh, converse a great deal. So if I have read a book, then so has he mm. and vice versa. So there's this collective pooling. And um, as for uh, philosophical reading, Amish and I share that passion. Uh, Me, uh, in a more global sense, Amish uh, also in a global sense, but focused in the uh, Indian Dharmic So how did the conversations in your house happen, Bhavna? Like, in the sense that, suppose you had a different interpretation of Dharma, and your father has a different, maybe like you've mentioned mm-hmm. in one of your interviews that your mother is from the Shakta tradition. Mm-hmm. Your father had a more esoteric way mm-hmm. of Nirgun looking Nirakari. at it. Yeah. yeah. So um, was it like uh, like the debate in the book or where mm-hmm. you're, it's free to discuss? Mm-hmm. Because in some families what happens is that, suppose it's a uh, we're debating about Rama. 
right about god rama and i might have like my son might turn around and say that uh, what he did was wrong which is very common when we discuss rama with different interpretations because krishna ke bare mein itna nahi bolenge but rama ke bare mein shiv ji ke bare mein itna nahi bolenge jitna uh, it becomes a source of debate suppose he says that there'll be a grandparent who'll say no don't you dare talk like this uh, how were the conversations in your home I think not only in our uh, nuclear family but in this case I will say it emanated from our grandparents and uh, in our larger family uh, there was always a free wheeling uh, debate uh, my grandfather actually my paternal grandfather our paternal grandfather baba uh, used to uh, teach us uh, uh, the rules of the game of debating i remember as children and he had introduced us uh, you know to this uh, ancient idea of uh, purva paksh and uh, uttar paksh uh, the idea being if i am making a point and i have made a point then amish has to first make clear to me that he's understood what i am saying mm-hmm. so purva paksh so there is no answer to what i have said till you and i are on the same page as to what did i say once we are on the same page as to what did i say and you're not trying to trip me or uh, you know be over smart then you reply and then when you give me the reply then i am to first prove to him that he and i are on the same page as to what he said you know so respond and not just react yes and also because uh, uh, baba baba ji himself was a pandit yeah. at uh, in varanasi at uh, vishwanath ji and you should also teach at uh, uh, bhu banaras university taught maths and physics he was a sanskrit scholar hmm. um so he would uh, tell us from uh, uh, the early uh, days you know what our traditions were hmm. uh, there is no concept of blasphemy in in ancient india hmm. we are supposed to question we aren't supposed to judge we are supposed to question so that we can learn and apply in our own life Mm-hmm. uh mm. and that was the the approach in our way mm. we discuss we talk and from a young age we'd have philosophical uh, uh discussions um and we were always a, a knowledge wisdom obsessed family as we used to joke <laughs> saraswati maa ki bahut kripa thi lakshmi maa dur rehti thi but but that was the tradition i was the same way on uh, our mother side as well our grandmother was a, a teacher there nani maa and uh, i guess we were lucky that we grew up in that atmosphere and this is actually what our traditions were in ancient times uh, you know sadly we don't teach those things in our education system we don't know the among the greatest debates that ever happened between nadi shankaracharya ji and mandar mishra that's not taught to us yeah. you know so we don't know what our traditions is and we our lost traditions the are. essence of uh, of listening and debating yeah. in the manner there's, that we should there's this yes. lovely book called vada uh, mm. you know uh, i think i'd shared that with uh, with you I as well it was written like by radha vallabh yeah there was yeah. a book yeah exactly yes. and the, the book was called vada it was written by radha vallabh tripathi hmm. uh, no relation it's just <laughs> it's a community is a name uh, and he had mm. written many of the principles and those are things we learned actually when mm. when mm. we were uh, growing, growing up, up. um and the entire concept was actually all of us are supposed to discover what works for us mm. and you can only do that through questioning but always being respectful as well mm. so uh, in fact you know you raised the point of uh, lord ram uh, 
uh, after the Shiva trilogy, I wasn't sure which series I would take up. I had various ideas in my mind. Uh, and uh, in fact, I'd written an article at that time, in, around 2013, an incident that happened at a lit fest mm. where someone questioned Lord Ram, which they have every right to. Sure. Uh, but again, the kind of words that were yeah. used really upset me. Mm. Right? And I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who'll, you know, Just start right. shouting and oh. screaming or mm. something. But the words that were used actually yeah. upset me. Not the... F you have every right to question. Nothing wrong with it. Right? Um... Uh, and I'd written an article at that time why uh, I think it's, it's still there on the web somewhere, perhaps mm. in the Sun Times, uh, that uh, why I still proudly say Jai Shri Ram. Mm. And I'd written an article saying that what our perspective to questioning should be. Uh, and that incident perhaps happened to me because that day I decided my next series is on Lord Ram. And I started writing the next day itself. Mm. Yeah. Uh, In fact, when I yeah. when you wrote it, my thing was, yeah, why is he stopped on Shivji? Because the mm. the first trilogy mm. was fabulous, you yeah. know. Mm. So it was like let him continue, and uh, why now now it'll get political because yeah. you're riding on, but it didn't. Mm. I loved it. I Thank loved you. that uh, series too, and uh, and Sita. Mm. Yeah, the and second book. Like, Thank you. Was fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah, because I read Diva Karuni. Huh. Uh, that is a different perspective altogether. But your altogether. interpretation was your very interpretation unique. Your interpretation was you. fabulous. But, so before we go deeper into this conversation, yeah. I want to just pull back a bit on this. Mm. So there are a lot of people over here now who maybe are not familiar with mm. the sort of nebulous nature mm. of our culture, our religion, mm. Hinduism. Mm. So the the sort of conclusion is also the parallels that you've drawn in your book. What holy scriptures, can you just classify them from the start mm. that, you, that you guys depended on? Mm. Mm, and good how question. Did it work? Mm. I think perhaps the a better word than nebulous would be plastic. Plastic, I mean that it's adaptable. There is okay. a strength and solidity in that. We are the only pre-Bronze Age culture mm. that is still alive. We must have some strength that we are still here. Every other pre-Bronze Age culture was wiped out. And as I said, most of them were killed. What is eventually. that? Kuch to hai. ایکسپلوریٹیسٹک But with us, if you're so malleable that you're just a doormat, then you have no existence of your own, mm -hmm. right? But if you're so rigid that you break, then you're gone, right? So We have the best of both. Yeah. So, uh, in this thing, there is, it's more a library than a specific book, mm. right? You find the path that works for you. First, the first standard, the entry level is always Ramayana and Mahabharata, always. Right? Then from there, you find various different the incidents. Pranas. They refer to Puranas, they refer to the Vedas, they refer to the Upanishads, they refer to the Brahmanas, the Aryanakas. Uh, and then you read what path works for you. Right? Didi, if you want to add to this. No, I, um, it's a complete answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but what I sort of gather from this is the Mahabharata, the way mm. it was written, was sort of, they, he has um, made it easier. Yeah. For the common man yeah. to understand the complexities of the Upanishads, the Vedas also. True. Mm. Because through a story, look, we are essentially story-consuming creatures, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, 
uh, I think it was Muriel Dickinson who said that the universe is not made up of atoms; it's made up of stories, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when uh, philosophy comes garbed in a story, it's just much easier to absorb. That's what the Ramayana and the Mahabharata do. uh but they don't just teach us philosophy they teach us governance they teach mm. us geography they te- that's why the ramayana and mahabharata in our gurukuls patshalas everywhere it was always the first thing foundational you start book with, yeah right both and i genuinely st- i've said this often we must teach it in our education system the ramayana and the mahabharata should begin with it and then you'll notice like the way ramayana and mahabharata are structured uh you'll have you know uh, it's a bit like if you're on the internet and you have a hypertext mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so there'll be an incident just going in a flashback to explain a point at this point of time and then it'll come back to the main narrative yes. then another incident it'll come back now you have the freedom to explore that incident a little deeper right yeah because it's it was an incident that was mentioned say in the skandapuran then read the skandapuran now so it's like the internet mm. right you have a core uh you borrow website that you go to yes. which is in our way the ramayana and the mahabharata they are the fu- foundational texts right? right the first standard right and then discover what works for you and then go deeper out there and you will find what works for you no one will say this is the one truth you better follow uh-huh. it otherwise you're going to burn That's in hell for eternity that's the strain that amish keeps coming yeah. to that there's no one way there, there is no one there isn't because you are different from me right so you will discover your own path like I am by natural nature a slightly rebellious person. So someone like me Lord Shiva is like the natural god I'll get yeah. attracted yes, to. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah. But who am I to judge someone who likes order, who likes compliance and therefore is attracted to Lord Ram as my elder brother yeah. Anish Das. He's attracted to Lord Ram because he is that kind of person. Yeah, in the book you right? say Lord yeah. Shiva is like the the biker god. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. So yeah. it's basically what you make of it. Absolutely. But you begin with this foundational yeah. thing that the Mahabharata and the yeah. Ramayana. And, and also, Ishan, sorry, if I ahead. can add, uh, you. you know, a bit uh, to this, the Mahabharata we know was written by Rishi uh, Vedvyasji. His name is Vedvyasji, yeah. so he was also the compiler of the Vedas, Vedas. yes, uh, and then he wrote the Mahabharata as well to uh, to make it accessible, yeah. uh, you know, to the to the beginners. Yeah. Valmiki ji himself wrote three versions of the Ramayana. Yes, <laughs> so the greatest author in India, you could say, is Vedvyasji when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And his original name was actually Krishna Dwapar. Dwapar, yes. the forest, the, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dwapar is actually uh, who, who was born on an island, Dwapar. Okay, Dweeper. okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, Krishna, because he was dark skin. Dark skin, mm. yes. Uh, but Vedvyas was actually a title. Mm. Those who compiled the Vedas for that age mm. get the title of Vedvyas. Mm. Uh, so Krishna Dwapar is the Vedvyas of our age because he compiled the Vedas. And yeah, Didi said rightly, there are those who say the Mahabharat is. perhaps the fifth veda mm. because it explains it all in a in a story so that you can understand yeah. because the vedas can be hard mm. to understand yes and it's yeah. also all you'll see creative uh, people whether a singer a dancer a movie maker they'll take stories from the mahabharat oh, it, yeah. it's it's so compelling yeah. mm. to uh, make mm. any art form 
based on something that you've read in Mahabharata and it clicks certain stories click for you certain stories click for somebody else mm. Mm. Uh, with the Mahabharata mm. uh, I just interviewed Prakash Jha the filmmaker mm. and mm. he's made a movie uh, you know which uh, has mm. Rajneeti which was like similar to, mm. to, to Mahabharata, Mahabharata. To Mahabharata. Yes. he took yes. some of the characters were uh, from there Kalyug that delightful movie that movie yes uh, starring uh, Shashi Kapoor yes that was mm. so beautiful fabulous yeah movie. at that time mm. Mm. and then uh, many of us have read but there is this thing is it true what they say that Mahabharat ko ghar mein nahi rakhna chahiye ladaiyan ho jati hai tell me about that <laughs> I, you know, I've studied in South India huh. I don't think this thing it's is not there, there in South, South India our house is Mahabharat yeah he has a <laughs> 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 so we don't fight in the derivative holiest book the song of yeah. the gods the Gita is from the Mahabharat yeah. how can, how can no, you remove no, the no, you know, rakh sakte but you understand one of the things that happened I have this theory that the kind of attacks that we faced over the last thousand years. Mm. Um, Will Durant had said the Turkic invasion of India was perhaps the bloodiest in human history. Yes. Uh, no invasion has led to more deaths than uh, the Turkic invasion. What we call the Delhi Sultan. Mm. Oh. They were Turks. They didn't look like Ranveer Singh no, or no. The desecration <laughs> of our temples, Kapoor. All of that. They, yes. they weren't Indian. We must clarify yeah, that. Yeah. The, the establishment historians have done a disservice to India by calling it the Islamic invasion, making it out like some Indian Muslims were ruling us. The Indian Pasmanda Muslims were as oppressed mm. uh, at that time as the Indian Hindus. These were, we are very clear that the British were foreigners. Even in our movies, we'll show them as white speaking English. But we'll show the Turkic invaders as Indian speaking Urdu. Are, Urdu is our language, it wasn't their language, right? Their language was Turkic. Anyway, but coming back, this invasion was so brutal. And, and the British uh, invasion was much more insidious, much mm. more intellectual. Actually, uh, this is not even said in Pakistan. You and know? When they they don't call it the Turkish invasion, I mean, they don't use the word uh, Turkish uh, or invasion, but they they mm. refer to it yeah. as Islamic. Yeah, that, we came. Yeah. They, they say we came. <laughs> That's, they have their like, own identity it's like crisis. Chickens, yeah. It's like chickens celebrating KFC. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a little strange. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway. descendants also. So, I mean, but... but uh, the invasion was so brutal that it led to changes in our history. Didi had pointed out something really insightful. Why? Because our, you, you find almost no ancient temple north of Karnataka. Hmm. If you want to see a really ancient temple, you have to go down to Tamil Nadu or Kerala because that's where the invaders didn't reach. Please right? don't Deep ignore enough. my state, Karnataka. But, but the Hoysala, the great Belur Halibut yeah, temples were attacked. Yeah, they were. Right? Mm. Uh, and they were among the most beautiful temples on earth. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what actually, and you know, in Delhi, we are sitting in Delhi from uh, the slave dynasty, 1200, to the British era, around 18, maybe 1860, 1865. Not one temple was built mm. in Delhi, right? Uh, you find no ancient freestanding temple in North India. You will only find ruins because they were all destroyed, mm. right? Uh, and a result of that was actually temples moved within the house, right? It's not so common in Tamil Nadu or Ke or Kerala in ancient yeah. times because the only place we could keep our temple safe was in the puja ghar at home. Yes. Hmm. Right? Adi, if you want to expand on that. So you, uh, in the book also, it's there, right? Hmm. About yeah. Uh, Ganpati Visarjan. Yeah, yeah, the Ganpati yeah. Visarjan. Yeah. Sanjeev Sanyal also mentions this uh, hmm. in the book. That Taking it, out celebration. It, yeah, that yeah. Bal Gangadhar Tilakji. Hmm. The fact Divided. that he said that let's get the Ganpati Visarjan going again. Yes. We won't stop 
mm. you know just because the british want us to stop mm. well, let's mm. bring it out as a form of political it was a political message as well to mm. to gather the masses around this you know beautiful sort of iconography and that, that we can celebrate outside our homes as well mm. right as we did mm. in the pre invasion times yeah. so my um, uh, you know a cousin in law of us called sunil nair he's a keralite uh, he's a scientist in uh, icer and uh, in pune uh my cousin um, ashna is also a scientist they're both physicists in uh, icer and he had pointed it out to me i wasn't aware of this he said that uh, to me that didi uh, you know in kerala for instance uh, or even south india largely uh, the paddat of uh, keeping the puja ghar at home is actually the result of uh, bollywood and the north's influence in probably the last uh, 50 or uh, 70 years because uh the hindus in the north faced the invasions in the south even islam came commercially through commerce mm. in the north it came through invasions and uh, you know which is when when the uh, invasions came how why have we survived uh, as opposed to uh, the other our fellow idol worshipers of uh, the ancient past because we went silent but our temples moved within our homes uh which is not a practice so much in south india hmm. uh historical practice nahi hai ye north indian practice hai har ghar mein puja ghar yeah har ghar mein puja ghar temples have uh, moved in in the book though you also there were some holdouts even with the invasion you do mention about dara shoko though yes. that yeah. he was one of the outliers who actually did do us a service yes. and our culture a service yes. by translating I think the, the, the Kashi Vishwanath made yeah. the the verses over there. What yeah. can you just tell us a little bit? The Upanishads. He Upanishad. translated yeah. the Upanishads. The mingling of two yeah. oceans from uh, yeah from uh, uh, Sanskrit to uh, Persian. Uh, absolutely. So yeah. um, you know uh, there were good um, British officers as well uh, during the British uh, era and not the Christian era. We do not call the British period the Christian uh, period. <laughs> so sure. there were good British so officers actually, as well. So then why do we call and the Turkic period the Islamic? Yes, Islamic. so Dara Dara Shikho was um, a good man, as was Akbar, but they were not Indian. They were Turks and uh, you know Mughals. Mughals. Why do we call them Mughal at all? Why don't we call them Mongol? and if mm. because that's what uh, that's the origin they were mongols and the minute we call them mongols the debate ends mm. you know the mongol period yeah. it's Correct. in the word the itself Turkish the period. etymology is they yes. themselves yeah. were turkic mongols they called themselves temurid they mm. didn't call themselves mughal no. mm. uh, they called themselves temurid or gokarna which is the son in law mm. of chengiz khan so they were part turkic part mongol mm. gokarna gokarna Wow. Okay, uh, not not the place. Not the no, place. No, no. <laughs> uh, That's where the shivling is. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so let yeah. me uh, now come, you know, to the book. Amish, you've been on television debates. Well, not debates, but uh, discussions. Yeah, I, but I you don't do, really do debates. De- no. Debates. Uh, you've been interviewed yeah. by uh, all the top anchors in our country, uh, <clears throat> and uh, you have watched the debates. Most people are very angry with. the way television debates have gone and that i found resonance <coughs> in the book because um, just to connect it with today you know uh, when you say uh, and i'm going to quote from the book you say we often discount even a sensible input from a person we dislike mm. just because we do not like the source from whom the input is coming even if it appeals to our senses instead we must learn to respond 
reaction is immediate response is centered mm. so it implies a time gap even silence is a response so lopa mudra who's one of the characters in the book says that basically don't let others control the strings don't get uh, triggered and then it goes on to lord buddha and mm. uh, one of the stories which you link and i'm not going to do a spoiler and narrate that but it brings us today to some of the things which are happening in our society where uh where it kind it can just be swachh bharat message which mr modi is doing that will be debated mm. and that will be rejected by certain people with i'm not going to accept this it could be something about demonetization said by another politician saying that it didn't serve the purpose the right wingers will reject that not take the message but uh, color it by the person um, so how does one change that one is of course the react don't react respond uh, how does one bring that um, discipline within you how do you become a listener analyze what does it happen what it's do our text say ha huh? it's an attitude um again among the greatest debates that ever happened adi shankaracharya ji and madan mishra do you know who the judge was for that debate and remember the way it works in the indian 7th century so where where around, did it happen in ujjain so around 1300 so, yeah. 1400 years ago hmm. right it was Ubhan. adi shankaracharya was a shiv bhakt also yes, right and madan mishra was a buddhist was a buddhist yeah and the judge was madan mishra's wife ubhaya bharati okay A, it says something of the honor and respect that women had in those days. Remember, a judge is actually above the yeah. debaters, right? Huh. You would assume that she has she didn't more knowledge. Herself. That she has more knowledge, huh. <laughs> and she decided Radhi Shankaracharya is the winner, hmm. right? Uh, Very Buddhist of her. No, it it shows <laughs> that because <laughs> actually in those days Buddhism and Hinduism wasn't really seen as different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In North mm-hmm. India, Gautam Buddha is seen as the ninth the avatar ninth of, of Vishnu. Vishnu. So yeah, yeah. it's a modern. Yeah, I, we can be hindu in fact it's one of the points we make in the book in japan there's 67% shintos 70% buddhists right, right up to more than 100 <laughs> yeah it's because in india i can be a sikh hindu and buddhist at the same time yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we are not we are not in, we don't believe in binaries but the point i was trying to yeah. make is Sorry, that yeah. you look at the arguments mm. and listen calmly mm. breathe right uh, and it's one of the things i know it's more difficult to do in today's day because uh, the public square is such mass media such social media is such social media is designed to put you into a rabbit hole of more extremism yeah. uh it's very instructive that most of the creators of smartphones and social media is and you can check this that the top billionaires and uh, multimillionaires who created they don't allow their own children mm. to be on social media right till they become hmm. old enough and yet we allow our children to just you know get on to because the algorithm is such so best thing you can do what i try and do also what the all of us try and do listen to those whose views you disagree with but try and find the best of that point of view hmm. right so neil ferguson for example right he actually defends the british raj he thought it was a good idea i very viscerally disagree with him but he is not some random idiot he is one of the smartest men in the world right real intellectual real scholar so i i like to read his books right mm. to challenge me it's one of the ways to do it and there's this lovely line which is there in the natya shastra uh, satyam bruvat puram uh, priyam bruvat na bruvat satyam apriyam speak the truth but speak it with love mm. and if you cannot speak the truth with love then stay silent doesn't say lie just stay silent right 
and wait for the right time to speak. But essentially, the value of good manners, speaking politely, uh, you'll be surprised how much you can communicate to another person if you're just polite, if you just have basic manners, and try and listen to the best point of view from the other side as well. You may just learn something, right? Mm. Uh, and this in the Indian way comes very naturally. This is what we try and get across in this book, Idols. That's why you see they have different points yeah, of view, yes. but they debate respectfully Gently with each other. Yes. That's the way it is in our family as well. We don't agree on everything. Look, if two people agree on absolutely everything, one of them is not required. Mm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's the way the world is supposed to be. Yeah. But if you listen respectfully, you'll grow. This is where I want to bring in the Greek element in this book. Mm. Where did that connection come from? Ah, Devi. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I'm fascinated by uh, you know the uh, uh, lovely stories uh, from uh, the ancient uh, fellow travelers of ours uh, in the path of paganism. Uh, let's reclaim that word <laughs> proudly: paganism uh, from all mm. around the world, and they are lovely stories. You know from. Pandora to even Narcissus. Imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah. they had a god of narcissism. <laughs> How amazing is that? Wine, Dionysus, Dionysus Soma. Down, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I found those stories uh, fascinating, and there's a there's a parallel, uh, you know, uh, among all these stories. So uh, we have our Surya Dev and. Uh, the ancient Egyptians Zeus. had uh, uh, no, Amon, Amon yeah. and uh, absolutely. So, the, you know, the sun god Helios, Helios you know, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Apollo, uh, mm. you know, was truth. And order, those temples light. to these Greek gods, God if you go to Cyprus, you go to, Ruins. there's no worshipping no. of those. Yeah. Like, here yeah. you'll worship, you'll go, you but know, But they're also in ruins now. Murtis of... Of Athena, for example, nose cut off, cut. hand Every, cut off. Yeah. Very, Mutilated. very similar. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them, a temple of Apollo was brought down in Egypt and, uh, uh, you know, the church of uh, John the Baptist was built, uh, you know, atop. Was we've it? also got destroyed temples, mm. but uh, with, you know, nose cut off, arms mm. cut off. There's no puja, nahi hoti hai, but mm. then you, there was another uh, temple... <clears throat> Built again by mm -hmm. another king or mm -hmm. another, uh, you know, uh, not not necessarily a ruler. Mm -hmm. You know, there were yeah. there were people from the community who built a temple and said, "Let's worship that." Because mm -hmm. desecrate ho gaya hai. Mm -hmm. uh, a broken idol is not worshipped. Mm -hmm. So you created, but that didn't happen in Western yeah. civilization. They surrendered. Yes. They surrendered. Somnath ji, Somnath ji was rebuilt seventeen, 17 times. times. One of the reasons we are our ancestors <laughs> were stubborn people. <laughs> stubborn people. <laughs> Ye, you know, you lose only when you surrender. Yeah. Mm. You know, hoti hai. some battles you win, some battles you lose. Yeah. That's that's a way of uh, that's a way of life. But you lose permanently only when you surrender. Mm. You know, Our uh, ancestors never not, surrendered. When we were talking about the art of uh, listening, uh, you know, those those few uh, viewers, <coughs> listeners, you have young children in your home or you have older parents. Uh, this art of listening is extremely important. Uh, I'm just going to read out this. And I have... I have uh, parents, in-laws who, who are old and I tend to do make the same mistake which uh, which after reading this I I figured out because uh, what um, one of the characters Lopamudra says the art of listening without judging is the most precious gift Kargi to listen to whatever a person has to say without contradicting 
really, really listen with empathy. It reduces the noise in their head, she says. That goes on further to say because there'll be many times that you have older parents who, you know, who are repeating themselves. And most of us say, Mama, sun chuke na, bar bar kyun bol reho? Or we say, bas karo, I don't want to listen to this rishtedar who you are talking about. He's dead and gone. I don't want to listen to his stories. So we tend to do this and we are then encouraging them to keep that noise in the head it is going to hurt their longevity it's going to hurt their peace of mind it it results in all kinds of problems it's the same with your children if they come to you so what what this character says lopa mudra says is give them the window to tell them what they need to hear practice kindness give solace soothing and aching heart it's not a bad thing you know so uh, without being preachy there there was these lights you wrote it so beautifully yeah. mm. it, i loved it uh, i <laughs> have you seen uh, shall we dance uh, richard gear and yes, uh, susan that where they go out mm. to dance and when yeah. they yeah. this older couple this mm. before my time but <laughs> no well, that was rude <laughs> so mean <laughs> so <laughs> richard on, on, richard gear is doing this uh, commuting back and forth in the yeah. train hmm. and uh, commuting in new york you know how it is a mind dead exercise of just <laughs> commuting and he sees a he's not he's not a dancer and he sees this and it's this magical movie which just, he just walks in and he's got two left feet but he just learns like go ahead bhavna so what i want to share uh, you know with you guys just came to my mind uh, while you were reading uh, that passage uh, lovely charming story uh, yeah. you you've seen the movie where uh, this is an old couple uh, beverly uh, is uh, susan sarandon and of course i think richard gear was john you know john in hollywood is like rahul in bollywood <laughs> but he's a universal global crush hmm. so let's leave it at that <laughs> true so they're an old um, it's a good marriage and richard gear uh, discovers his uh, passion for uh, ball dancing and he's also embarrassed so he keeps it from his wife you know there's a secret but the wife sees this transformation you know it's 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 an old couple a very old marriage and uh, she starts getting worried she starts getting suspicious is he having an affair uh and she goes and hires a detective to uh, find out uh, what exactly her husband is up to and uh, the detective uh, you know does his thingy and says okay let's meet at this bar and i'll tell you what your husband is up to and they meet at this bar and uh, the husband tells uh, the detective tells uh, susan sarandon that <laughs> your husband just goes and dances and then in that lovely conversation in the bar between the detective and beverly susan sarandon uh susan sarandon says to uh, the detective uh why do you think people get married and the detective is taken aback he says mm, uh, maybe passion and she tells him i'll never forget uh, these lines she says people get married because we all need a witness to our lives uh someone who says to us uh your life will not get go unnoticed because i will notice you i will notice the little things i will notice uh uh the fact that you don't uh, uh, uh put the cap on the toothpaste and you uh leave the bathroom and then you rush back to cap the toothpaste i will notice that uh, you smash a hard boiled egg into your dal and chawal and you enjoy it that mash i will notice these things this is why people get married how beautiful yeah <laughs> true 
so that's what you know even in uh, when you see the the affection between shiva and parvati in the trilogy yeah uh, that aspect we've not learned in when we were you know growing mm. up years mm. uh, how they complement each other you've heard it's sadly because we don't teach our uh, our ancient sanskrit texts Hmm. If we'd read Kumar Sambhava, if we'd been taught Kumar Sambhava of Kalidasa, we would be surprised by it. <laughs> yeah. uh, if we'd been taught Ramayana and Mahabharat, in there they show so many beautiful yeah. uh, scenes. But you know, we are uh, our education system has been made in a way that पढ़ा लिखा के बच्चे को अंग्रेज बना दो. You know, <laughs> we don't teach our own. Uh, uh, Because what do we know about our uh, Ramayana Sita? Uh, it's the Swamvar Bhishma we know. Uh, I mean, most most kids would just have, frankly, if the conversations are not there in the family, like mm. in your family, it would be through Amar Chitra Katha mm. and maybe the Ramayan serial, mm. right? So you would see the uh, the Swamvar, you know about the uh, Vanvas, mm. and then the uh, Agni Pariksha. Mm. But there are such beautiful scenes in the Valmiki Ramayan itself. Yeah. you know uh, when they are when they uh, you know when they are in the vanvas in the time they spend with each other the viraras you know when they are actually separated yeah. mm. when uh, lord ram you know and because he was waiting to cross over and remember yeah. the rains had come yeah uh, the way valmiki ji describes uh, lord ram's you know pain and anguish when he is waiting to see uh, mm. uh, you know goddess uh, sita and you know the way he described it was so immortal you know mm. the way the clouds came kalidasa used it in meghadutam Me, yeah. many centuries later the same description the right? dark clouds it shows the, yeah. the the deep love romance it was all it's all there we just don't read it this is you know that's a sad part yeah i want to so because i guess there are a lot of interpretations of this how, mm. how can we let's trace it back what do you think the the, the original text doesn't survive right of the valmiki's ramayan it's been interpreted again into uh, by look, go ahead look uh, there is a critical edition of the ramayan and the mahabharat uh, which was done in the 20th century hmm. uh, by uh, uh, bhandarkar hmm. institute and sayaji university so but that critical edition is based on various different texts that were found uh, what is the earliest known text that, that you can think of No, those texts are essentially from you know they can go back thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were different versions of it, like some changes, right? Uh, and uh, also uh, remember because of the climate of India, uh, things have to be rewritten onto papyrus scrolls every, I think, three four centuries. Uh, so the fact that actually our ancestors kept rewriting them—that's what actually kept them alive, yeah, yeah. right? uh but every time it was rewritten was there a slight change maybe perhaps who knows but that's the point that our ancestors made who can be sure about anything you want to witness at that time the only thing you can be sure of is this moment everything else is e- either a record or a dream right uh did our ancestors keep good records much better than practically every other culture on earth uh so we have to trust those records I ask uh, you because in the sorry. in the book itself, hmm. you talk about this sort of interpretation, not made by our ancestors of our books, wherein you talk about the interpretation of Ravan, hmm. that in the south he's actually considered a very pious Shiv Bhakt, etc., and the north considers him this demon king <laughs> yeah. who is slain. 
but that's not really the truth even in the north next in delhi risaka i think yeah. is a place where there's a temple bisrak bisrak sorry yeah. there's a temple Yeah. which is made in fact yeah. that's among the oldest temples so now this is the Durabha. thing i also so these different <laughs> these different <laughs> but, interpretations but you see but these are all in, these are impressions of our culture over the last 100 years are radically different from what our ancestors had so you you won't find any temple to ravan in tamil nadu which is older than 70 80 at max 100 years old right but you find temples to ravan in the north that are centuries old hmm. in kanauj in bisrak Uh, there's a temple dedicated to Ravan's wife on the MP Rajasthan border, hmm. right? Uh, the most ancient texts say Ravan was probably born close to Delhi, right? Uh, at Bisrak, right? That's his birthplace. Yeah, wow. yeah. His 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 father's name was Visrava, so hmm. Bisrak has been named after his father. Uh, so uh, uh, he was most probably a North Indian. So this his, whole thing of uh, Dravidians worship. Uh, Ravan. Ravan. Does the Kamba Ramayanam doesn't? Yeah. What's that? In fact, the Kamba yeah. Ramayanam is much more devotion. Uh, Kamba Ramayanam is for those uh, who don't know is uh, the Tamil uh, uh, version of the Ramayana. Yeah, at least eight hundred, nine hundred years old. Uh, it is among the first devotional Ramayans because the Valmiki Ramayana sees Lord Ram clearly as a man. Remember, Ravan had asked a boon that he that uh, only a man can kill him. Okay. Right. So Valmiki Ramayan sees Lord Ram as a man, right? Kamba Ramayanam clearly sees him as a god, right? So Kamba Ramayanam is not so you know Ravan is great, no, not true actually. Uh, it's a relatively modern thing. The same with Mahabali. Mm-hmm. We hear this Mahabali thing also. Yeah, human exactly. god. The controversy. But how North Indians see Mahabali? Didi, you should That explain this. Negative. Of, yeah. See this of. So um you know this is something uh, uh, you know uh, uh, taught to me again by my grandfather uh, baba uh, and uh, you know when i began to tie the uh, rakhi yes uh, and uh, you know first of course only to anish and then uh, when the twins came every uh, hindu uh, sister whether she is north indian west indian east indian or east indian is has a very specific uh, connotation or south indian सेज येन बद्धो बलिराजा दानवेन्द्रो महाबल आई टाई दिस थ्रेड ऑफ प्रोटेक्शन टू यू माई ब्रदर द सेम दैट वॉज टाइड टू महाबली द माइटी द चैरिटेबल सेट बाय एवरी सिस्टर ऑल ओवर द कंट्री वेन द कलावा इज टाइड टू यू नो बाय द प्रीस्ट आफ्टर अ पूजा ऑन योर रिस्ट दिस इज वॉट द प्रीस्ट सेज So, uh, Mahabali is a hero all over India. Yeah. If you can just, you know, because our viewers are here, just expound on the sort of legend of Mahabali. I mean, what we remember is that the third, or the not the, the third, third sorry, step. the third step, Se- the Vamana, step. Oh. when yes, uh, Lord yes. Vishnu came as Vamana. Yes, the Vamana step. He he basically the third step that he did mm. was he took control of this de- this demon king who was wreaking havoc. Over all the known universes Ooh. at the time, mm. right? It certainly, was a drinking habit. Yeah. No, no, no. This no. is a story so uh, so created by just, Christian yeah. missionaries. Yes. Yeah. You want to do it? <laughs> so, no, he certainly wasn't drinking habit. And this thing that, again, you know that these binaries that are mm. taught to us, you know, good, evil. This family will always be bad. This family will always be good. Asura is always bad. Deva is always good. Not true. Pralad was a. Uh, was a was an 
technically an asura yes. his father was hiranyakashyap hiranyakashyap to mahabali was also an asura there were devas who were punished mahabali was the grandson of asuras are demons in that respect but then people yeah and they are they they are from the same creation asura they were divided devas asuras from had the same father they had the same father they are brothers they just had two different mothers okay our way was never this binary you know this is good this is bad you will go to heaven you will go to hell and you will burn for eternity why will god do that you know mm. just yeah. because you didn't worship him burn in hell for eternity yeah. so the mahabali was never seen as as negative mm. right in north indian uh, traditions like i said he is seen as 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 a great soul as a great ruler uh, and the legend was mm. that he sent him to another world to the nether world to the to, third to the, uh, to the, world, to, yeah. to the to third them. level of uh, patal of which is the sutal lok sutal yeah. lok yeah. yes okay. which is the third level and, and he took so Vish- he yeah. took vishnu down with him oh yes yeah. yes oh, correct yes. Yes. yes i know about that yes. part yeah yes and, uh, and so and he was begged. so um, uh, so um, taken aback and pleased by uh, the humility of mahabali that uh, he made them the king he made mahabali the king of the third realm of uh, patal lok which is the sutal lok and mahabali said that uh, when he discovered that uh, vaman avatar is really lord vishnu he said well then uh, you know if you bless me and tell me i am the king of the sutal lok then you've got to come with me hmm. to sutal lok and live with me and uh, lord vishnu there uh, for for four months every uh, year which uh, is what we call the chaturmas mm. uh lives uh, in the sutal lok uh, with his great uh, devotee mahabali and rakhi also is uh, finds its root in the same legend because uh, it wasn't just the four months you know uh, mahabali uh, said uh, you've got to come and live with me and lord vishnu had gone to sutal lok forever mm. and uh, had left vaikunth and uh, lakshmi va was uh, bereft she rightly wanted her husband back so she dressed uh, you know changed her wish and mm. became a, became an old uh, decrepit lady and went to sutal lok and uh, asked uh, you know uh, the great charitable mahabali for a boon and he said anything ma what would you like and that's when she transformed into her real uh, form uh, ma lakshmi and uh, tied him a rakhi mm. saying what she did uh, what uh, my grandfather taught me and uh, having tied the rakhi she said uh, uh, you are my brother now and i need my husband back in vaikunth so mm. uh, he said well you know a brother has got to answer uh, any uh, you know any yeah any mm. any mm. wish of the sister and all right uh, vishnu ji you can go back to vaikunth but then vishnu ji said a uh-uh, a uh four months in a year i will come and live with you every year the chaturmas uh and this year 2023 we have the adhik mas in chaturmas yes <laughs> we had an extra month yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and on devotan uh, ekadashi uh, vishnu ji comes back to vaikunth interestingly as a uh, final uh, you know touch to this beautiful legend 
uh, when he uh, left uh, Sutal Lok for the first time, he said to Mahabali that uh, I do see Lord Indra is the king of the Devas and he is in Amravati. And uh, there's not much I can do about it right now. He's unstable. He's very easily uh, uh, made uh, upset and uh, is misled. Mm. I promise you, Mahabali, that after Kaliyug, in the yug, in the next yug, you will be the stable Lord Indra in yeah. Amravati. Wow. <laughs> and you know, my interpretation of this is also, you see this across, I think, our gods, my reading, of it, of all the stories across the Puranas, they, sing. they used to try and prevent concentration of power. Mm. So, uh, and as she said rightly, at times, Indradev was pushed and the gods helped. Yeah. At, but it at seems times, that right? poor Indradev is well, always pushed in, yeah, but, across our So, he traditions. was a deva, right? Yeah, yeah. And you'd think that in our binary thing, the god will always pick the, the deva side, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and always be anti-Asura. Not true, mm. right? Uh, so, I, and... Those who had concentration of power, what were noble, right? Lord Vishnu or Lord Shiva would continue to bless them. But they would not like to see everything concentrated. But mm -hmm. those who were ignoble, like mm -hmm. Ravan, yeah. probably... No, so I always wanted to ask you, <laughs> I mean, from what I've read, and the early Vedic gods, Indradev, Vayudev, Agnidev, it just appears that as our traditions went along, mm -hmm. they weren't as our temples maybe idols towards these gods are not as prevalent as more sort of the classical Ramayana Mahabharat uh, gods do you see that difference in Hinduism creeping in eventually first of all the first answer to this is actually if you go to Southeast Asia you yeah. find murtis of Kuber mm. you find murtis of uh, Lord Kuber Lord, Lord Indra Lord yeah. Varun Lord of the Seas it's very common mm. right um, so Again, I know history books have taught us this. But it was, it was written by the British who always, their entire thing was what was Catholicism and what is the Protestant equivalent. Right? Mm. They always try and see the world in that perspective. What was the old religion, which was the one that was replaced? Who were the old gods, who were the new gods? New Testament, Old yeah. Testament, that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. We didn't see the world that way. Right? Um, so in today's day, for example, uh, you'll find that most... Uh, uh, you'll find many more devotees of Lord Hanuman, of Lord Ganesh, which may not have, you know, as compared to yeah. even, you know, Lord Ram or Lord Shiva. Because as ages change, the kind of gods and goddesses who attract us also change. Hmm. And we see that as natural. That doesn't mean there are some old gods and new gods. They're all there, right? Uh, it's just that the age is different. So we uh, we worship a different form. What was but they're all movie? from the same source. So this is what I was coming to uh, mm -hmm. as a, a continuation of yours. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I was talking, I was interviewing Sunil Shetty, the mm -hmm. actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was talking about Bhuta worships, uh, mm -hmm. worshipping Bhuta, which happens in uh, Karnataka. And, mm -hmm. um, you your know, it's it's considered Your own weird. family also. Yeah, my, yeah. Tell them about your so, own family. Correct. So, you know, when when I took them as kids uh, and my in-laws and all, when I took them uh, to our ancient home, you know, our heritage home, and pe, there is a little temple and you do Bhuta worshipping. And then, you know, at that time they were teenagers and they were saying, it's such a regressive practice. You do Bhuta ki puja karte ho, Bhuta. I didn't know where to start from <laughs> to explain. And then that, you know, that they are rakhwali karte hai. Then there was the the nag. Uh, you know, in every mm -hmm. home, there is a little 
place in Karnataka where you have the Nagamurti and that is taken around the village on a specific day of the year. There are several traditions where we, when you were talking about Hindus being environmentalists and idol, uh, so Bhuta is not wrong. No. Uh, Nagas are not wrong. The worshipping of that, like we were talking Nothing about. Is wrong. Nothing is wrong. <laughs> Can I explain this? Sorry, if I may. Yeah. Uh, where this impression, particularly among the younger, and in a world that is highly westernized, right? Where What is the philosophical roots from which this has emerged? Do you notice that when Abrahamic people, when they die, bodies are buried, they're not mm. cremated. And they say RIP, right? Rest in peace, yeah. Rest mm. in peace. Why are you resting? What's it for? Right? Mm. You have to know the philosophical uh, roots at the heart of this. Mm. Their belief system is that uh, time is linear. There's a beginning and an end. It's not circular like ours. Or actually, ours is more spiral, but okay, leave that aside. Mm. Uh, mm. Like, in their belief, the earth was created around 6,000 years ago, 6,500, 4,108 mm. BCE yeah. or someone. Uh, ours actually, is way complex. That's when that's when yeah. that's when God said, "Let there be light." Yeah. Ours goes back billions of years, mm. and it moves in a linear line like this. Okay, the prophets came, the messiahs came. You die, your body is buried till judgment day, when God will judge everyone. Then the dead will rise at mm. that time. So you rest till then. You rest mm. in peace till that time, till judgment day. Which was supposed to be a few hundred years, now it's a few thousand years. Which is then right? the book of Revelation exactly. in, Bi in the Bible. So you rest yeah. in peace till then, in till purgatory. judgment day mm. when mm. Uh, the kingdom of heaven will start. And then the body rises. So if the body has risen before judgment day, which is what their concept of ghost is, then it's evil. Mm. Right? That's what the walking dead is. Yeah. Right? Mm. Hence ghosts are bad. They are clearly bad. Because you're not supposed to have risen. Till judgment day, you're supposed to rest in peace. That's the Abrahamic perspective, which has filtered into Western stories, mm. which is now filtered into all of us. Mm. But in our way, life is essentially the soul, right? We we have this body for now, but we will die and our souls will go into Pitraloka, right? For three generations, then either come back or find moksha. So we don't see Bhuta or souls of our ancestors as negatives. They are just like us. There are some who are good, some who are bad, just like human beings. There are some human beings who are good, some human beings who are bad, right? There are some Bhutas who are good, some who become Pishachas and are negative. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It's not that they are all, oh, how can you rise before Judgment Day? So, yes, there are Bhutas who just like human beings can be good, are very noble mm -hmm. and they help us. There are some who just like human beings are, can be negative. That's the way it is. That's mm -hmm. a philosophical thing at the heart of it. Yeah, that's so, why when Kantara came in, then people mm, figured out yeah. and explained it's more it. Complex. Uh, uh, it's mm. complex. Like mm. it, this wasn't explained so beautifully to me by my parents, mm. but uh, you've explained that. And when Kantara came in, then all of us cousins started yeah. discussing, right? That, like okay. we don't say R.I.P. Yeah, we say Om Shanti, mm. right? Or Om Sadgati. Your soul has moved on. And right. like he said, we are not resting. There's nothing also. to rest. Yeah, yeah. And we are always in in motion. You keep mm. the shraad also. Yeah. Uh, you keep it mm. for three. Like you make that rice you ka make gola three, three. That's why you make teen, uh, yeah. three binders, no? Yeah. So because for three generations, they, and now there the concept of time is different. Mm. 
and then beyond three generations they move on so and then the fourth on one you let go when yeah. your one's own father passes away yeah. he becomes that and then mm. you say goodbye to the one that ab aap chale gaye like you know you're not you're, in, you're yeah. not in pitralok anymore not, anymore yeah. yes so you you don't need to look uh, look, look at us and us. give us that protection See, you are free why now. do you mm. put those three because your ancestors are actually looking out for you mm. that's that's the entire concept. that is the pindadan uh, at that time and you're looking out for them mm. yeah so in a sense uh, the idea is if you exist you are divine mm. either in realization or a work in process <laughs> but uh, if you exist your uh, divine and all pagan ways had uh, an expansionary and not a replacement mode of worship uh, the ancient tolmecs uh, uh, of south america had a god called uh, quetzalcoatl yeah uh, the aztecs took over from them and their central deity was actually huitzilopochtli bit of a tongue twister mm-hmm. uh but uh, they took over from uh, the tolmecs and inherited the god uh, quetzalcoatl as well who actually in later years became uh, the central deity although huitzilopochtli hung on <laughs> also <laughs> so uh, uh, if you exist you are divine and these are woven into our stories as well the uh, you know our very ancient playwright bhasa wrote a lovely uh, play called urubhanga mm, in duryodhan which, uh, yes. Yes. yes yes not bad so, i'm impressed yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so duryodhan's other name is suryodhan actually yes. uh, you can be this also but you choose to be this mm. and uh, duryodhan's best is realized on the battlefield when he's, he's dying. Uh, yeah when he's moving on yeah. and uh, what a resplendent uh, you Absolutely. know magnificent uh, man he turns out to be as he says goodbye not only to his wives his son durjay uh, his parents but also his aunt kunti uh, his brothers now yeah. the pandavas but he's imperfect he couldn't stop ashwatthama yeah he yeah. tried to advise him he as well he tried to advise him yeah yeah he tried to advise him as well and uh, it was uh, suyodhan at his best he realized it before moving on which is why the pandavas reach heaven and oh, find duryodhan yes yes, yes. only so yudhishthir that's the contradiction that, that that theme that contradictory theme in your book throughout mm. where even in this chaos there is a certain you know there's a message mm. you there's see it throughout yeah. in every page it's it's yeah. coming out mm. but see i'm going to go back to those various cultures that you're talking about Listen, this could be a conspiracy theory or whatever. But these ancient traditions of ours—did you see a common theme? The Indian th- in in Indian traditions, the Indian cultures, and uh, Greek cultures. Do you think that these people commingled? Their theories bounced off each other. Their gods probably were the same. Is it possible that they they are from different names? I know because in the book you talk about uh, there's 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 similarities in Lord Hanuman Ji and Hercules. without the angst mm. i'm quoting from the book <laughs> uh did did you notice that so um you know um there were wise men among all these cultures and wisdom has men and women men and women <laughs> uh men including women as, okay. you know as stated yeah. in the indian penal code yeah, that's true <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, wisdom has some uh, central uh, tenets which were common across the globe uh 
uh, whether the uh, stories uh, germinated um, individually or traveled in this direction or in that direction frankly doesn't matter it's mm. not important we mm. don't know as amish said uh, really we don't know but uh, the central threads of wisdom were common there is order there is chaos there is light there is darkness there is uh, the good in bad and the bad in good and there is a forever movement uh, towards the center there is higher love there is lower love there is war and wisdom which always seems to uh, dance oh, yes. together yes. in uh, ancient uh, myths very interesting mm. war yeah. and wisdom because there can be even in islam there is the lower jihad which mm. is the jaddo jihad uh the struggle within mm. uh where our good is engaging with our bad mm. uh the koras and pandavas there's uh good in the koras there is bad in the pandavas as well i'm using good and bad very yeah, simply I mean, yeah, yeah, deceit yeah, yeah. and there It's are fine. Yes. Yes. it's used yeah, yes. yeah. you But take somehow, out the baser instincts at yes, some time yes yeah. but somehow had the koras won it would not have seemed right mm. yes and the search as to why it would not have quite seemed right uh is a joy ride for us <laughs> yeah. of course yeah amisha i have to get to hmm. bring it back to the I current <laughs> some of it uh, <clears throat> so where do you stand on the sanatan debate which is going on right now okay. uh it should be eliminated it should be gotten rid of it's the um, sanatan is idol worship it is uh, casteism it's uh, it's machhar it's all that that is there and uh, a lot of self flagellation about mm. how destructive uh, religion has been sanatan that aspect of sanatan mm. dharma has been so the rituals are okay mm. but sanatan as has got corrupted because of it where where do you stand in all this i'm deviating a bit from the book a little bit no i certainly don't call for the elimination of sanatan i'm a very proud sanatani uh in fact i think perhaps the world needs the philosophies of sanatan right now mm. um uh this is of course not to defend casteism uh uh you know uh, uh, in fact actually i mean i i speak very strongly against uh, the caste system i don't use my surname on my yes. uh, uh, on my books uh and i speak on it using our own ancient texts you know the bhagavad gita does not say that uh, varna is based on birth it says guna and karma chaturvarnya maya shrusham guna karma vibhagasha are we were speaking about the first standard the entry level into our scriptures the ramayana and the mahabharat what uh, uh, varna was valmiki ji yeah. born into we all know he was born a brahmin right uh vedvyas ji was the son of a fisherman yeah, right? so our foundation yeah. text yeah. the one who compiled the vedas yeah okay was krishna dwapayan yeah uh in the valmiki rama in the satyakam javali who uh, is one of the the uh, you know the royal priest the, the prohits of uh, lord ram's family right uh so it's a very 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 senior post he was the son of a single shudra mother mm. right uh that's way it was we must speak against the caste system but look any way of life and that is the indian way we recognize that any way of life has strengths and areas of improvements right to list the weaknesses and areas of improvements 
as the description of a religion is textbook bigotry right and to say that because of these weakness this has to be eliminated we just spoke earlier of uh, european christians and turkic muslims who have killed hundreds of millions of people over the last 2000 years wiped out entire civilizations zoroastrian persia pharaonic uh, egypt greco roman uh, pagans uh uh buddhist afghanistan Oh, most been, heartbreakingly all those wonderful ancient cultures uh, in south america yeah they've yeah. all been yeah. wiped out so are you going to say the same thing about christianity and islam i myself would oppose it hmm. right because yes uh should christianity and islam get over their visceral hatred for heathens and kafirs and the need to do violence against them yes they should right hmm. but there are other very good things in christianity and islam that we should learn from hmm. right similarly should uh, the dharmic religions should they reform casteism of course hmm. but that there are other good things as well hmm. and i would like to point out that uh, european christians and turkic muslims have done very little to recognize the extent of uh, death and destruction they've dealt in the last 2000 years right uh, they probably killed more biomass then anyone else in the history of life itself right mm-hmm. simply because they worshiped idols right uh but sanatan dharma hinduism buddhism jainism whatever you you know whatever term you want to use uh, uh has done a lot over the last 75 years to reform casteism uh, the uh, to to reduce it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. the the uh, reservation system uh, that we have is the largest positive discrimination program the largest affirmative action program in the history of humanity right uh the west has very little to its uh, to its historical uh, uh, you know uh, to to those it has uh, it has oppressed um so i would say this is this is deeply unfair there are two fault lines okay in our in our religion. one is caste the other is religion the hmm. mass massacre of hmm. of hindu buddhist jains uh over the last 1000 years and the other is caste we've done a lot on caste right i'm not saying it's perfect don't get me wrong yeah. right uh, but extermination is not but, the answer but uh, <laughs> but we've actually done a lot compared to what the abrahamic religions have done to recognize what they have done to all the ancient religions uh we've done a lot on the caste we have to do a lot more i'm not denying that but uh Uh, every single prime minister till recently was an upper caste prime minister we have a shudra prime minister now i know backward caste prime minister now hmm. uh, in every state you have very powerful uh, backward caste and uh, dalit leaders in 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 industries in, also in before. every yeah, okay. place yeah no i uh, sorry i meant yeah. full term full term full prime term minister prime full term yeah. prime minister right uh mayawati ji you know uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh and uh, across so many uh, yeah, states politically true. in business in so many other areas yeah. we have i'm again i'm not saying it's perfect but we made a lot of forward movement, forward movement. and like i said if you want to look at areas of improvement there are massive areas of improvements in yeah. other religions as well you're not calling for their elimination is it so this is in my opinion 
perhaps textbook bigotry i don't know who but if you're hmm. saying eliminate sanatan no yeah just about no. even in the according to the bhagavad purana at least the cosmic illusion of lord vishnu every caste is represented on his body hmm. so hmm. if if even the most downtrodden the most backward class is part of one of the three pantheons of hindu gods hmm. how can no, it be Ishan, like ishan don't uh, we must still recognize there was caste oppression yes that of course in the last yeah. and uh, in who were the shudras dr ambedkar himself said that uh, the caste system perhaps became rigid around 1500 years ago uh, because you see many of the great ruling dynasties mauryas they weren't actually born kshatriyas right right yeah uh, uh, so dr ambedkar said that in who were the shudras which kind of ties into even genetic research which shows that intermingling between different communities stopped somewhere around 1500 to 2000 years ago which meant that intermarriage stopped no mm. which is again that the communities and castes became rigid so we must recognize that it did happen mm. right uh, we must also recognize that we have done uh, that the state has done a lot uh, the founding fathers of our constitution made wise moves and it has done a lot to improve this there's a even the now the new rama temple in uh, ayodhya will be representative of all those social classes there'll be a small temple in in uh, near the uh, main temple for shabari yeah you and know? for kevat yeah for kevat kevat uh, jatayu nishadraj who we have forgotten uh, right jatayu the, were in the original shilanyas uh, one of the original foundations one was done by a by a dalit hmm. of uh, so these are good things that are yeah. happening but i'm saying again that uh, i would mm. i would say is reform needed yes of yeah. course mm. is elimination needed no man you mm. know and because there are other religions which have done massive crimes as well mm. you know are you calling for their elimination this is unfair Too and quick. this is classic binaries Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so two questions one to Amish and one to Bhavna. Let me go with Bhavna first, ladies. Mm. Um in your book, you know, we began with feeling low and crushed when grief hits us. Um then there is negative thought and and then some people are not able to get out of that. Uh, it there can be many reasons why uh, you are negative uh, in your thinking and then that happens with when we look at our leaders. we tend to look at doers at somebody who will uh, kriya you know somebody who will be action will not be just thinking in just a thinker you want somebody who can do it because most indians will think ha jab main kisi ko elect karta hu you want somebody who will solve my problems for me right um there's one in which this nachiket says some people are miserable regardless of circumstances others have life hitting them relentlessly with pain and yet they seem in control what are these obstacles right and then it goes on to say that how we have limitations now for leaders how do they get over these limitations is it through internal looking at it or is it through positive action how does one get over these limitations and when we are looking for what we want to see in our leaders uh, do you agree with what i say that uh, it is somebody who who has got on over these obstacles or do we give that little thing that ha thoda sa negativity hona chahiye uh, in a person in a leader how do we look at it i don't know about leaders but uh, i know leaders too are human beings Hmm. and uh, uh, we all uh, uh, engage with our demons hmm. and our grief and our uh, 
are uh, you know lower chakra emotions mm. uh, and uh, it's a combination of two things i'll come to uh, the leadership uh, question eventually uh, it's a combination of two things it's ek andar se awaz you know to keep growing uh, nisim talib uh, uh, you know has talked about uh, post traumatic growth Uh, as opposed to pro- post traumatic uh, stress disorder hmm. uh, a very empowering uh, uh, concept uh, so ek andar se awaaz along with uh, you know as amish loves to say you know zindagi mein probably 8 to 10 uh, aise human beings hone chahiye jo pakad ke rakhe you know and they are there for you duniya to hai Mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to again i will share um, uh, you know a personal anecdote sure. and as i said i'll come back to leadership uh, uh you know when um, himanshu passed away um i think uh, uh you know a few days later my brother anish uh, said to me that uh, uh, bhavna uh, i think you need counseling uh and uh, i wonder what kind of counselor you know uh, you would go to because i don't want you to go to any ordinary uh, counselor um um i want you to go to someone uh, you know where uh, spiritualism will mean uh, psychology and he suggested to me that i go to my uh, philosophy school gurus i Uh, was a member of New Acropolis uh, Philosophical School uh, for almost a decade, um, you know, before Himanshu passed away, and uh, it's headed by this lovely Jewish couple called Yaron and Sivan Barzile. Anish said to me, um, "I think you should go, uh, you know, to uh, Yaron and Sivan." I uh, reached out to them. This must have been five days after Himanshu uh, went, and um, Yaron. replied almost instantly it was as if he was waiting for me to reach out to him hmm. and uh, the following himanshu went on a friday and i'm talking about the sunday after the next uh, you know my family my brothers and my sisters in law uh, they uh, took me to the philosophy school and yaron and sivan sivan um, sat with me for five and a half hours the first day and i went to them for uh, almost 7 8 successive uh, sundays but that first sunday when i sat with them for 5 and a half hours uh, my family had left me uh, you know at the school and then once i was through uh, sivan said how will you go back home bhavna because your family must have uh, gone back let me call them and my brothers and sisters in law were hanging around outside the school uh they were there for five and a half hours uh and they took me back home the point i'm making is you know a, a a group of people a small group of people who are just there for you to pull you out and to be there for you when pani sar ke upar chala jaye uh internal as well as you know environmental as for leadership um uh it is an aspect of becoming Hmm. uh you know you become a leader it's a it's almost a transformative journey uh the best leaders have uh, innerly transformed themselves and found their potential to uh lead men and women and uh i think india has been be- blessed with the tremendous leadership across political parties um uh in our democracy india is not an easy country to govern 
we are a fractious, raucous, passionate, uh, almost chaotic, uh, you know, yeah. people. And uh, our uh, politicians manage to lead us. Hmm. And uh, in some form or the other, through some party or the other, we have great uh, men and women who are uh, leaders among all the political parties. Okay. Uh, Amish, we, we talked about with how Bhavna uh, coped with uh, the overriding uh, sentiment that you know was there for her before this creative process began in these two books. Um, your fans go millions. You've sold mm. millions of books and people have read your books so like movers and shakers. There's mm. Prime Minister, there's Mr. Bachchan, Jeffrey Archer. So many people have written, uh, you know, words of praise and including some of my colleagues in journalism have praised. How do you keep centered? Don't let it get to you. And your creative process, when you write, do you think of those people? Do you think of the masses uh, when you write that ye click hoga, ye click nahi hoga? Or is it just, I have to say this and I'm going to say it? Actually, the answer is uh, very similar to these. Uh, if you have a good family uh, and uh, you've had good parents, it's very easy to uh, to remain centered. I've been doing this for, I think, some 13 years now. Hmm. Uh, I like to think I'm still pretty much uh, uh, internally at least the same person. Hmm. Uh, and we've passed through ups and downs of, of life. Um I think it is important to remember that uh, whatever work you do, uh, especially if it's creative work, it's a blessing. And if any artist starts thinking, it's my genius, my creativity, that's, first of all, that's stupidity. Uh, and that's where ego arises from. And if there's something to learn uh, from our traditions uh, on ego, we should learn it from Ravan. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, a man who was he wasn't just a thug he was a genius right uh, brilliant musician brilliant dancer brilliant ruler brilliant warrior in every way he had the blessings of Lord Shiva man yeah right uh, Sone ki Lanka thi. yeah because he yeah. built it right yeah. uh, he administered it well but uh, his ego was, was his downfall so if you stay away and control your ego it's in your own selfish interest you're not doing anyone else a favor you're doing uh, something good for you yourself that's a lesson uh, from Ravan if you have a family which is essentially stable uh, which uh, you know uh, at home I'm just I'm still Amish mm. which is wonderful <laughs> right the younger brother yeah and which keeps you which keeps you stable Hmm. There's this uh, lovely uh, Sanskrit Mahavakya, Yad Yad Karma Karomi Tatadakilam Shambho Tavaradharam. Every, uh, every action, every karma that I do, my Lord Shiva, hmm. is a prayer in your honor. Hmm. Uh, just believe that he'll send the blessings. Some, someday the blessings will stop. Then maybe it's supposed to stop at hmm. that time. Right now the blessings are still coming. I have to keep writing and I have to always remember it's his blessings. Uh, Wonderful. I, it has... It's not my creativity. It's not. It's his blessing. On that note, uh, may Mahadev bless your family you. and give you all the happiness and success for this book. So, as I said, mm. viewers, <laughs> listeners, pick up the book. Yes, there. <laughs> Bye. No it's such thing as too much marketing. <laughs> idols. Uh, Amish and Bhavna Roy, idols. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely.
Thank you so much for being <laughs> part you, of the guys. podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening or watching this edition of ENI podcast with Smita Prakash. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste. Jai Hind. Thank you.